0: Hey, podcast, Claire Tuning, oh and my email (laughs) apparently, your resident non-diet registered dietitian here for episode 79 of the Yours Truly podcast where I am taking you behind the scenes of my most recent free webinar that I hosted that was titled Three Ways to Bring More Self-Love into Your Relationship with Food. So I thought it would be fitting, A, to record this intro on a actual valentine's day i'm sitting here in my home office with some chocolate with some paper hearts that i cut out because why the heck not (laughs) they're super fun with a couple of crafts i'm making and i thought to myself well it might be appropriate to go ahead and record the intro to this episode on actual valentine's day so of course you will be listening to this after valentine's day has come and gone but if you are celebrating if you observe valentine's day as a holiday i hope it was a wonderful holiday maybe you took a little bit of extra time for you or for people who you love and deem important in your life to say thank you to say i love you again whether that's to yourself or someone who you might have in your life because isn't that what Valentine's day is all about anyways. So the second thing that I thought it might be appropriate or fitting to do is share the webinar that I had this past week. I thought why the heck not record this and release it on the podcast for anyone who didn't tune in, who maybe didn't even know this was happening. So really it's a way to take and share and spread more value on how you can bring this Valentine's day concept of self love and self-care into your relationship with food when we live in a world that very much speaks in the rhetoric of self-control, of not being nice to yourself and your body when it comes to how you speak about food, how you talk about your body. So I really want to use this opportunity here or opportunity opportunity, should I say, to share a different perspective and to, again, give you that inside peek about our webinar. So uh, this episode is a little bit naturally lengthy because the webinar itself was about an hour. I've done a little bit of trimming on the beginning and the end of the webinar. So I've cut out the Q&A section at the end and I trimmed the beginning where I was like, can you hear me? And I was making some kind of cringe jokes as I do, as you know, if you've been to one of my webinars before, but since again, this is a naturally lengthy episode, I'm going to try to keep this intro as brief as possible. So that takes me to our first segment that we cannot skip out on, but if you are new to the podcast, this is a segment where I feature what I call the yours to legal slayer featured post of the week. So this is a free private Facebook community that I run and operate. It is filled with, let's see how many people we got 316 incredible individuals who are either working with me one-on-one, or they're simply interested in learning more about intuitive eating and getting more information on the daily about what this approach might look like in their day-to-day lives. So the post that I would like to feature and read to the Pottians today comes from one of my current one-on-one clients. She writes, "I never thought I would be able, <clears throat> excuse me, to look at a photo of myself and not think negative thoughts about it—how I look, how my cheeks look, my body size, what people think if they saw it, etc. Today is that day." Someone sent me a bunch of pictures from over the holidays, and it was the first time that I truly didn't say anything negative. They weren't my best, but I didn't utter thoughts like, I look huge. I saw them, I noticed how we all looked so joyful in the photos, and then I moved on. I am so proud. She said that with periods in between each of those words. I am so proud. So I'm not going to do a ton of elaboration on this because I really think the post speaks for itself, but I will say to this one-on-one client, this goal slayer of mine, I am so proud of all of your progress so far and really putting in the energy and the effort to make some of these mindset shifts around you and your body and your food choices really quite different from how they used to be before we started working together. So if you're listening to this and you say, well, I want to join that community, that sounds like an awesome place. We would love to have you. So you can go to Instagram at Claire tuning, and you can find a link to the application in my bio. You can also simply travel to Facebook and search yours to legal slayers and find um, a place to request to join the community. And from there, I will send you a direct message with the link to the application. Again, it's free, but you just simply have to fill out this application to join so you understand how the community works and any expectations involved with that. So without further ado, here is the not podcast webinar. Yeah, there we go. Enjoy. I told you all that this event was BYOC, meaning bring your own chocolate. So I hope you have abided by my suggestion. If you're not a chocolate fan, that's totally okay. I did bring my own. As you can see, we go big or go home here at Yours Truly. So I brought this bag, and I have to tell you, it's one of the assorted bags. Kelsey says, "Hey, Kelsey, I'm assuming you can hear me if you're saying hi. So thank you." Um, but my fave in this bag. First of all, can we just talk about when you smell a bag of chocolate, like the experience that just takes over your whole person is pretty incredible, but my favorite is the chocolate with the caramel inside. Um, So I'm not gonna eat this while I'm speaking because I'm pretty sure you all came to learn how to bring more self-love and self-care into your relationship with food. You probably didn't log on here to watch me eat chocolate, so I'll save that to the end, but maybe you brought a snack here. So it 7:32. I see some more individuals are still joining us. So welcome as you come on. And I really want to be respectful of your time this evening. So we will go ahead and get started. Thank you, Kelsey and Judy Lynn for saying, Hey, and letting me know that you can indeed hear me. So welcome to the second webinar of 2020. This one is titled, as you can see here on our slide, three ways to bring more self-love into your relationship with food. Yes, I planned this very much in time for Valentine's Day, which is this coming Friday, I believe, uh, Friday or Saturday. So I'm really excited that you are here. I want to thank you for volunteering to spend a little bit of your time on your Tuesday evening with me, with yours Julie And if you don't know me already, I'm assuming that if you have landed on this webinar feed, you at least follow some of my content, know a little bit about what it is that I do. But in case you are new, my name is Claire. I am a non-diet registered dietitian. I work one-on-one with individuals to help them improve their relationships with food and their own bodies. And I do it all virtually. So doing webinars, uh, doing social media is something that I very much love and it's something that I, I love offering value to all of you on. So I'm really excited that you're here now, before we dive into our webinar, A couple of ground rules, I wouldn't call them rules necessarily, but if you have never been on a webinar before, just some questions that I often get asked. Uh, First one is, Claire, can you hear me? Can you see me? Are you spying on me? (laughs) The answer to that is no, I cannot see you, nor can I hear you. Of course, you can see my slides and you can see me, but nothing is coming through to me from your end. So if you're uh, eating some chocolate, if you're folding laundry at the same time, do not worry. That is okay Um, second thing as you can see our comment box is open so if you write a comment in there which I will encourage you to do here in a moment um, that will be open for everyone to see so as we are going throughout the webinar please if you have questions comments if you just want to like be my hype person if you just want to hype a girl up over here please drop that in the comment box any questions that roll through I will be answering those at the end of the webinar but you might find it helpful helpful to type them in here at the beginning so that you're not forgetting any questions that you have. So that being said drum roll please as we get started but if you have been to one of my webinars before you very well know that my energy or the energy that i am able to bring to all of you this evening is really predicated on your level of energy so it is 7 30 where i am it has been a, a day of talking for me which i love but i'm just sitting here alone in my home it can be really challenging sometimes to bring my energy level up when i cannot see all of you. So please interact with me in the comment section. Hype me up. If something resonates with you, you know, type that in the comment box. So I know you are listening and I know I'm not speaking to the metaphorical brick wall. So let's go ahead and kick this off with some encouragement to get into the comment box. So if you are here, You are committing to giving me your attention for the next 45 minutes. You are here to learn. You are here to improve your relationship with food heading into this Valentine's day. I want you to type the word commit there in the comment box to let me know you are committed. You are showing up for me as well as showing up for yourself. And we're going to have a really awesome and impactful time together this evening. So you know what? I'm going to write commit so we can get started because I am committing to showing up for all of you. So please, if you're there, let me know that you are also committed. So next thing that we are diving into is what are we here to do? So today I'm going to hopefully teach you ways to go from feeling hypercritical about your food choices, right? Where you're second guessing yourself, you're feeling guilty about food choices. So how are we going to go from that? How are we going to go from feeling like we can't trust ourselves around food, right? Really feeling like we need a plan or a set of diet rules to feel quote unquote in control or like we can be trusted around food. And we're also going to learn ways to go from feeling like we can't break free from a negative relationship with food. I know how challenging that can be when we are surrounded quite literally on all fronts of diet culture. There's messages saying, eat this way, don't eat that. You know, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. And I know it can feel very challenging if you are really struggling to break out of that cycle. So if all of those resonate with you. I am super happy that you're here. My phone is dinging. Uh, Maybe I can Turn that off, hopefully. I don't know. I don't want you guys to not be able to hear me if I turn that off. So we're going to go from feeling like that to feeling at ease around food, right? Like you can eat and enjoy and move the heck on with the rest of your day. So food can be fun. It can be enjoyable, but our whole lives don't revolve around that. We're going to learn how to feel confident in our abilities to eat in ways that best suit your body and your preferences and what you have access to. And we're also going to learn how to build a relationship with food that is focused on self care rather than out of self control. So I'm really excited that all of you are here. You all are committing in the comment section. Megan says she is showered and ready to learn. I love that. I feel like being clean and just being in comfy clothes is a really positive environment to get learning in. So if this sounds like a plan and you all are ready to go from feeling like that there on the left hand inside to like this on the right, then we are going to dive in. Before we get into what I call the meat and potatoes of our, I almost said podcast, I feel like I'm podcasting, but our webinar here, I think it's really important to understand why are you here? Why did you sign up for this webinar? Why are you tuning in to learn more about how to bring self-love and self-care into your relationship with food? So I have a couple of reasons here why I'm thinking you might have arrived to this webinar this evening. So let me know as I go through these, if they are resonating with you, you can type exclamations in the comment box. You can, I don't know, can you do emojis in there? I don't know, but let me know if these reasons why you have signed up to be here this evening are resonating. So the first one, is maybe you have started realizing that your relationship with food has become unhealthy. Maybe you are noticing that you're obsessing over food more than you would like to be. Maybe you're noticing that you're planning a whole heck of a lot of your day around what you're quote-unquote allowed to eat or when you're allowed to eat, or maybe you know when you're trying to be present with other people in your relationships, you find yourself replaying those food decisions you made earlier in the day, or you find yourself thinking about, well, how many calories does this have? How many grams of X, Y, and Z, right? Which can really take away from your ability to be present and enjoying each moment. So maybe you have identified ding, 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 something doesn't feel quite right in how I'm using food or how I'm talking to myself about food. So maybe I need to learn some ways to reframe and shift my perspective so that I can strengthen my relationship with food, which will in turn strengthen all of the other relationships that I have with in my life. Judy Lynn says, yes. Oh, she has an emoji. I guess you all can use emojis. So let me know if that one resonates with you. Maybe if you have arrived here because you're noticing that something in your relationship with food needs strengthening. Excuse me. The second reason why (coughs) beauties of doing this live, my friends, pause and take a sip of water. I don't know. The second reason why I am guessing some of you might have arrived to this presentation tonight is maybe you've read the books on intuitive eating, maybe you've listened to the podcast, and you're filling your mind with all of this information, which is wonderful, information is power, information can be very helpful, but maybe you're feeling like you don't quite know how to apply that information and the principles of intuitive eating to your actual actual life. Many, if not all of my clients, when we first start working together, they will come to me and say, you know, I have an understanding of intuitive eating up here and they point to their minds, right? It's like, I understand maybe what I need to do or where I need to improve in my relationship with food, but the steps on how I get there are a little bit fuzzy, (laughs) or I don't quite know how to go from where I am now to where I want to be. I know I want to be in someplace different. I know I have an understanding healthy relationship with food, but I don't really know how to make sense of the principles and those steps in my day-to-day life. So let me know if that one resonates with you if you're like, Claire, I have the information. I've read the books, I've listened to the things, but I don't know how they fit me. Uh, many of you are commenting and saying like yes, my relationship with food is unhealthy. you know I need better relationships for myself and my and others when it comes to food. So let me know too if this one resonates. And the last one, the last reason why I am guessing you might be here, you might be tuning in tonight, is maybe you're frustrated and maybe you don't want to spend any more time buying into diet culture and fighting food and your body. Now, coming back to what many of my clients will share with me when they get started in a coaching journey with me is they say, I'm just tired of it, right? I have spent so much time. I have spent so much energy. I have spent so much of my you know, financial resources in this dieting cycle that has just led me back to the same place over and over again. I'm done with it. I know that dieting isn't going to work for me. I don't want to spend any more time fighting food in my body. But again, coming back to the previous reason, I don't know how (laughs) to get out of this dieting cycle. So let me know if part of you is maybe arriving to this webinar tonight feeling a little bit frustrated like i know i don't want to be here anymore i know i need to bring more self-compassion and self-care and self-love into my relationship with food and my body but again the how is like I have no clue. I have no idea. Um, Kelsey says, yes, became interested in intuitive eating after a session at Fancy, but at a loss for where to start. Kelsey, I'm so excited that you were here and that you shared that for anyone who doesn't know what that acronym is. Fancy is like the super bowl for dietitians. It's this big conference. It's about a week long where we all go to learn and network. And there was a session there about intuitive eating. So I'm really happy that you are ready to learn more. Megan says, I'm tired of reading food labels to death instead of actually enjoying the yumminess of my foods. Yes, (laughs) I feel that, right? So, you know, all of these things are kind of falling in line with, I know I want to be somewhere else, but how? How do I get there? And we're gonna get to that, I promise you. So the thing about all of these uh, reasons why you are here is it's actually more than than just about the food, isn't it though? I I know oftentimes when we're thinking about, well, I need to improve my relationship with food and I wanna work on my health, our mind automatically goes to, well, what do I need to eat more of? (laughs) Or what do I need to eat less of? Because we're very conditioned by this diet culture to think in terms of just the food food, but oftentimes our relationship with food are about way more than just the food itself. So I I was actually having a conversation with a new client earlier today. And I asked her, you know, what would be better in your life if you get into this journey and you start making more progress to, you know, feel more at ease around food, to not have all of your mental energy be consumed with thoughts about food, with the calories, with the macros. And she paused for a moment and she said, you know, Claire... I think every part of my life would be better. And she's like, I don't mean to sound dramatic. And I said, no, it's not dramatic at all because how we relate to food, how we think about food, how we relate to our own bodies really plays such a huge role in how we show up for our family how we show up for our children. If you're a parent out there, I know that will resonate with you. It also plays into how we show up in our career or maybe if you're a student, how you show up in your schoolwork. I think it's very easy to understand. I know I have been there before, so maybe you have been there before as well, but it's very um, easy to understand that if you are consumed with thoughts about food or you know, negative or obsessive thoughts about your body, then it's going to take away from your mental energy to do, to be, to focus on more things outside of food. So again, I just want to take a moment of pause here to say, I know you have come to this webinar for a reason. And I think it's really important to know why you are here and why this is important to you before I offer you some tools to help moving that needle forward in your own life. So final thing here, before we officially dive in is like a worst case scenario picture. So any of my clients will know that I am not a negative person I am not someone to like harsh the vibes as the kids would say but I do think it is important to ask well what might mean not making progress or not acting on some of these positive changes in my relationship with food, what might that come at the expense of? And really, when I think of that in my mind, like what's, what's the worst thing that can happen if I don't take action away from these problems that I'm facing or these challenges that I'm facing, I really start to think, you know, well, what would life be like this time next year? So, you know, what would happen if you woke up next Valentine's day and there's like hearts and pink and you know, all this stuff everywhere, but you're feeling exactly as you do now in your relationship with food. Just pause for a moment and ask, you know, how might I feel if between now and this time next year, I still felt confused. I still felt frustrated. I didn't have that, you know, roadmap to get me from where I am now to where I want to be. How might that feel and what might that come at the expense of in your life? Now, I'll pause for a moment and say, I know you did not arrive to this webinar to have that happen, right? I've never had anyone reach out to me. I always joke around with my clients when they sign on for coaching. I say, no, I know you did not come to me to say, Claire, help me stay in the same place, please. I just wanna stay the same for the rest of my life. So um, we are going to begin diving in now to how you can actually start moving the needle forward so that, you know, that what I just talked about does not have to be your reality for the next year and years to come. Judy Lynn says, I need to hear these things. I'm excited that I found you. I am excited that you found us too so before we dive in I just want to point out um, has anybody seen my shirt first of all food is my love language I wore this in the spirit of talking about love when it comes to food and how to bring more self-love into our relationships with food this is some of the the new exciting merch that I have so be sure to shoot me a message afterwards if you were interested in repping this food is your love language but when I was planning for um, this webinar I guess I kind of already touched on this slide, so we can skip that, but I I started to ask myself because when I start planning events like this, I get so excited because there are so many ways uh, that I could go with this content, right? My mind is swirling all of these ideas and things that I could bring to offer value to your life, but I really want you to be able to walk away from our time together with three actionable items so that we can avoid that sense of the anxiety of overwhelm. So in order to help myself begin to narrow down the scope of our conversation tonight, I asked myself, well, Claire, what is a healthy relationship built on? Or when I think of some of the core tenets, or the, the things that really feed into a strong and a healthy and a nourished relationship, and this is kind of in the context of with another person, what are those to me? So I'm gonna share what my ideas of a healthy relationship is, but I'd love to know from all of you, when you think of a healthy relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's one you have with your family members or even a co-worker, right? What is your idea of a healthy relationship? So maybe drop a couple of adjectives, a couple of ways to describe that to me in the comment box because I would love to know. Megan says, love that shirt. I love that you love it, Megan. Um, but when I start thinking about what is a healthy relationship built on, I think of many things, but if I have to narrow it down to three, I think of good communication, trust and kindness. So these are the three ideas that I'm going to dive a little bit more deeply into throughout our time together tonight. And I'm really going to frame it in the context of what does good communication and trust and kindness look like for you when it comes to your relationship with food. So first we will dive into communication and this is really getting into, well, how do you talk to to yourself about food. What are the words that you use? What is the tone of voice that you talk to yourself about food in? How do you feel when you're talking to yourself about food, either up here in your headspace or maybe when you're conversing to somebody else about food? Um, So much can really be told uh, about our relationships with food simply by the words that we use. So there are a couple of voices at play when we talk about how we converse with ourselves when it comes to food. And the first is the voice of something that is not so positive and it is not so helpful. So this is the voice of the food police. da, da, da. <laughs> Right? I wish I had some ominous music to cue here. So the voice of the food police is something that we talk about a lot throughout the intuitive eating approach because the odds are this voice has been fed pun intended it has been informed this voice has really been shaped through years and years of living in diet culture and that applies to everyone who is here on this webinar because we all live in a culture that is focused on Food and bodies in the not um, most positive way. So when I think of the voice of the food police, again, everyone's food police voice is going to sound a little bit different, but I think of a tone that is very harsh, that is very self-blaming, and it's very aggressive in ways. And it is kind of like that person who you just don't want to spend a lot of time around because they never have anything helpful or positive to say. So certain words that you can start to look out for that can maybe flag you down to say that might be the voice of the food police, not you, is words like should. So, you know, you really shouldn't eat that right now or of course you would choose that because you have no willpower right kind of that negative feedback loop of of course you would do that you're an awful human being you have no quote-unquote willpower that's not a word that I often use around food but the food police sure does use it or um, really polarizing words like good, bad, clean, dirty. So, you know, that's a bad food. You should know better. Come on, right? So kind of this, in my voice at least, it's this very like sassy, mean girl type of tone. I don't know if any of you have watched the, the, the movie Mean Girls, but that tone is often what I think of when I think of the food police. Or maybe I'm going to be bad and eat x food over here right so really equating your worth as a human to the foods that you are or are not eating or maybe it places a lot of blame on you and your body and it equates that to the food choices that you're making so you know choices like this are why i'm in blank you know insert negative body comment here this is why I feel out of control. This is why, you know, I'm in this place. This is why I feel bad about my body, right? Really creating these linear relationships that it's my fault. You know, I eat this food. I have no willpower. Blame, blame, blame that is the voice of the food police. As you can tell, I could do stand-up impressions of the food police all day long. So drop me a comment and let me know if you have ever heard the voice of the food police in your own life. I know I have. So if you have as well, maybe type food police, maybe put the police emoji. Let me know that you have been there too. Megan says that my husband likes to play the food police voice to me out loud. LOL. Megan, I'm sending a lot of compassion your way, and I would venture to guess that you are not alone in that. Um, Sometimes the food police voice happens up here in our own minds, but oftentimes other individuals can very much play the role of the food police out loud in our lives. So I know you are not the only one who has likely had a similar situation to that. But the other voice, so there's my question, have you ever heard this voice? I got a little ahead of myself there. But the other voice at play here, the voice that is a little bit more positive and more helpful is the voice of what I call the inner nurturer or your inner intuitive eater. So when I think of the voice of the inner nurturer, it almost kind of takes on this persona for me of you know being a really kind mentor, someone who speaks with a soft tone, someone who really helps you to learn from certain experiences. I even hear the voice of like Morgan Freeman in my head, if I'm being quite honest, which is this very, you know, calm and loving voice. This voice, you know, instead of saying, you know, you're bad, you should feel guilty or shameful. It kind of looks at the context of the situation and it helps you to learn from whatever is going on. And it's really rooted more in reality rather than um, this very vindictive, you shouldn't be, that's bad, kind of these unfounded rules that sometimes we don't even know where the food police gets these ideas other than We've just been told them from the world that we live in. So again, the inner nurture is much more grounded and is much more compassionate. So it may go without saying, but this is the voice that we're looking to, uh, nurture for lack of a better term and turn the volume up on as we turn the volume down on the food police. So your inner nurture uses words like, you know, I have permission to eat and enjoy this. It's okay. Or I'm allowed to honor my hunger and my cravings. You know, that's a part of being human and I need to eat for energy and that's fine. Or this is a really big one here, but my food choices actually don't determine my worth. I'm not a better person for eating this food over here, just as I'm not a worse person for eating this food over here, right? Food is not a moral issue. We don't need to be feeling guilt towards food unless, of course, you stole the food from I was going to say a baby, but if you steal food from anyone, that might be something to feel guilty about. Uh, The next one is, you know, my body knows what to do with this food. As long as you're not allergic to this food, as long as you don't have, you know, an extreme reaction to the food, physically speaking, then your body knows what to do with the food that you offer it. Your body is incredibly smart. It's been doing this since the moment that you were born before you even had the ability to overthink these things that might be happening. And then the last one here that your inner nurturer might say, and again, these are just examples. The inner nurturer can say a lot of different things, but maybe he or she says by eating, I'm really giving my body the energy that it needs to help me show up as the best version of me. So it really kind of equates eating to something that's joyful, something that's pleasurable, something that allows you to be a better version of you, something that adds value to your life rather than takes away value. So I have a lot of comments over here people really uh identifying with the voice of the food police i would love to know if excuse me here as we're talking about the inner nurturer does this resonate with anybody is this voice maybe a little bit more challenging to listen to or to cultivate is it easy to find the voice of your inner nurturer but let me know there in the comments section how this information about that nurturing kind and compassionate voice is landing for you So I have a couple of examples here of what this process of um, continuing to turn up the volume on the nurturer and turn down the volume on the food police, what that might look like. So what you're seeing here are some screenshots from some check-in sheets that all of my one-on-one clients fill out before our coaching calls together. And you can see here on the left that this client, this is actually rather recently, about two weeks ago, she says, I believe that I'm changing the way that I look at food slowly, but surely I'm allowing myself to eat and reflect on how I feel using my internal signals as my judge. Now, this is one really powerful way to turn up the volume on the inner nurturer, because this is going to be the voice that is really open to feedback from how your body is feeling from moment to moment. So how do I feel when I eat a certain food? You know, am I hungry right now? How hungry might I be? It's very curious and it asks a lot of questions rather than basing your decisions off of what you should quote unquote be doing or what you shouldn't be doing through the lens of diet culture. So the one here on the right you see um, is actually one of my clients challenging a food rule. And we'll talk about that more here in a moment. But she says, this is amazing. To me. I love this client. She is always so amazed by all the stuff we do and it really lights my heart on fire. But she says, this also confirms to me that it may be a good hunger cue for me. I'm not out of control and addicted to sugar. I'm simply feeling hungry and then she goes on to talk about her water. Um, But this is really important because the food police had been telling her for so long, you're addicted. (laughs) You have a problem, right? You have no quote unquote willpower. But when we started talking about her actual hunger cues and what they feel like in her body and how she uses food in certain situations, the voice of her inner nurturer started to realize, oh my goodness, nothing's wrong with me. I have just identified that when I'm craving these foods over here I'm actually just feeling really hungry and my body needs energy or I need to include more types of XY and Z foods over here so again the voice of our inner nurturer got a little bit more fuel to say oh this might be what I need in this moment I'm not to blame nothing's wrong with me but this is the reality of the situation So the question that I want to pose here before I offer our tactical takeaway from this communication side is, would you want to be in a relationship with someone who only says negative and hurtful things all of the time? I would venture to guess that being in this type of relationship, it would be really challenging to have a positive relationship with that person or to, you know, spark joy in other areas of your life or to work towards self-improvement. And if you always have another individual, aka the voice of the food police saying, shouldn't be doing that. That's bad. What the heck were you thinking? Right? So if you're saying, well, no, Claire, I wouldn't really want to voluntarily be in that type of relationship all the time. Then I have a challenge for you. And this again is coming back to your relationship with food. So the challenge is how can you begin to turn up the volume on your food police or sorry turn down oh big no-no there claire how can you turn down the volume on your food police and turn it up on your inner nurturer so if you're saying great sounds awesome you've been saying that for the past couple of minutes how the heck do i do it claire Here is a tool or an idea that I will offer that you might enjoy. So the idea is to begin making a list of food rules, or as one of my most recent client calls it her food judgment list. Now the thing about this is this is really a wonderful place to start gathering awareness on when the voice of the food police comes up for you, what it says to you, how often it's saying this to you. Does it use similar language every time? Because, Um, awareness always precedes change. So we don't really know where to start in our relationship with food and ways to improve it if we don't really know when and where we feel the most negative or when and where we feel as if we need the most help. So what you see here on the right is again another check-in sheet from one of my clients who did this exercise with me most recently. Sometimes, depending on the client, this will be one of the first activities that I do with the client again, so we can start building out that roadmap of what this process of improving one's relationship with food will even look like. So she had a really positive experience with this idea, and I'll explain a little bit more about how to do it here in a moment, but she wrote there in her check-in sheet that she was shocked about how well it worked and how quickly. Once she gave a little bit of effort into tracking the rules or the judgments, aka writing them down, the voices began to quiet and she kind of identified it as being a little bit startling. Because she's been struggling with these rules and these judgments for much of her life. So, I want to be very clear that this activity will land a little bit differently for everyone. Some people, it might feel like a light bulb moment where it's like, oh my goodness, this is what I needed to draw awareness. And for other people, there might be a little more digging there that needs to be done. But the idea with the list of food rules is that when you are going throughout your day to day life, when you begin to hear the voice of the food police, again, they use words like sugar. Good, bad, good, shame, guilt, these very polarizing black and white words, you simply hit the pause button for a moment and you say, oh, there she was or there he was there was the voice of the food police so let me just take a moment and either type it on my phone in a note or write it down what did the food police say what was the judgment that he or she brought into this moment what was the tone just getting very clear on that thought because sometimes and again i say sometimes because everyone is different it can be really powerful to take these thoughts outside of yourself for a moment say it out loud to yourself, read it in your own words and ask yourself, what else might be true? Because I know when we are living in our minds, as we do the majority of the time, every single day, it's really easy to take our beliefs at face value and believe that they're the end all be all truth. You know, we're living by our rules and by our judgments, but it can be a really powerful practice to again, get these thoughts outside of you and say, well, what else might also be true? In this moment and i'll give you an example of that here in a second but oftentimes what i do with my clients and this is the power of working with an individual with a coach outside of yourself is we share this list between the two of us if they feel comfortable doing so so i have an idea of where we need to educate where we need to dig our heels into this journey and do some work so that again i'm meeting them where they are at and they really have this individualized roadmap So here, a really powerful example, this is actually one that one of my clients shared with me one time, but the food rule that she had written down was I shouldn't eat carbs at dinner. Again, there's the should that lets you know that that is the voice of the food police. And I said, okay, you know, it, it makes sense as to why you might be thinking that, but what else might also be true? And she says, well, I know that I often binge or I eat more than I would like to of those carbohydrate type foods later at night. So it could also be true that allowing myself to have some of those foods that I perceive to be quote unquote off limits at dinner might allow my eating experiences later in the evening to feel a little bit less chaotic and a little bit less out of control because maybe, and again, here we go, maybe nothing is wrong with me, but maybe my body needs that fuel maybe my body needs that to feel energized to feel satisfied and maybe my binging later at night again isn't a lack of willpower isn't because something is wrong with me but that's my body's way of compensating for the fuel that it is not getting something that i always tell my clients over and over again is biology is always going to win. So if you have an unmet need energy wise in your body, there is going to be a way that you make up for that. And if you're doing it by means of restricting, right, we know how we will make up for that in the long run, we will binge, we will overeat. And it's not because you have a problem. It's not because something is wrong with you. It's just because you needed that fuel a little bit earlier in the day. So, um, I have a question from Katie, Katie, I will answer that. I promise at the end of our webinar here, um, Judy Lynn says, never again, thank you for this amazing, uplifting webinar. I'm so excited that this is landing well for you. Um, so the final thing that I will say about this, the screenshot you now see on the right is actually an example of how I've used this food rule technique with movement when it comes to my clients. So, um, oftentimes we can do this with food we can do it with movement as well just identifying the automatic negative thought what is the food police saying and how can we turn that around so again we're not going to get into movement today but that's just an example So the final thing that I will end with when it comes to communication is a quote from one of my mentors. Her name is Evelyn Triboli. You might know her as like the queen, one of the two queens of intuitive eating as we know it here in our modern day world. She wrote the book intuitive eating, but she said one time in a um, learning experience I was having with her, she said, this is a mantra that she uses with her clients. And it really struck me. You are not your thoughts. You are not your beliefs and you are not your rules so I really encourage you to write that down take a screenshot and keep that idea in the forefront of your mind to know that it's okay to have these thoughts but they don't have to rule you for the rest of your life so second one we are getting into here is trust remember my second idea of what does a healthy relationship entail or what does it include so then the question becomes how do i increase my sense of self-trust around food so really diets if we look at why they reel us in year after year week after week month after month they work by really convincing us that we can't be trusted right? Um, and the reason why they do this, why they convince us you can't be trusted around food without the calorie tracking device or without the set of rules, they erode this very innate and natural sense of trust that we can all be born with. Um, they, they do this. And, and if we look at you know, why this is happening, it's happening because if we all had the message that you know, you know what's best for you and your body is worthy of your trust, and you do know how to eat, right? If we all had that message, then someone would be out of a lot of money. And we look at, you know, the diet industry alone here in the United States is worth upwards of 72 billion dollars yes i said billion that is a lot of millions so that is a lot of money that would be lost if the the idea or the the overarching message was you can be trusted and you know you know how to eat rather than buy this meal plan or track your calories here or you know do whole 30 and buy all of the cookbooks right someone would be out of a lot of money so really, we know that diets, again, work by eroding your sense of self-trust and making you believe that you have to rely on them to be the quote unquote good eater or to be healthy or to be you know perceived as both of those things. But if we look at why intuitive eating works to reestablish that sense of trust, it works by one of two ways. So the first way is it can increase our level of interoceptive awareness. And that is a very fancy way of saying it increases your ability to pick up on things happening with inside your body. So a really powerful example that I like to give about interoceptive awareness is how do you know that you have to go to the bathroom? Well, uh, your bladder feels full that sends a signal to your brain i have to pee <laughs> right that is how that works so um intuitive eating works similarly by re-establishing that connection for you to tune into what does hunger feel like in my body because that's a cue that happens internally what does fullness feel like you know where are my energy levels right now what do i need to feel satisfied so that is one way that intuitive eating works and the second way this is kind of like an and or type of thing these two things aren't mutually exclusive to one another. But the second way that intuitive eating can work is by taking away some of the barriers that we might face in connecting to our body, right? So quieting that diet noise, quieting the noise of the food police, taking our mindset off of weight, right? That convinces us, I have to do everything just to see that number on the scale go down. But it really puts the attention and the focus back on how do you feel, what's going on in your body, right? So um, it's a really beautiful process through how intuitive eating can work. So many intuitive eating principles involve increasing your levels of self-trust and starting to mend whatever dieting has broken for you over the months, years, decades, however long it has been. But today my friends we are going to tackle one of those principles that talks about self-trust and this is the unconditional permission to eat so there are many misconceptions about this principle i think oftentimes when we hear the words unconditional permission and food in the same sentence it's like oh my gosh how in the world can a dietitian stand for eating pizza donuts cookies cake all day long, right? Because oftentimes when we think about permission to eat, our mind automatically goes to those very, you know, fun types of satisfying foods. And how could we not, if we're told for years and years that we're not allowed to have those. It's kind of like, if you tell a kid, Hey, don't play with that toy over there. And then you leave the room what do we think they're going to do? They're going to want to play with that toy. So I just like to be very clear that unconditional permission is not just eating whatever the heck you want at all times. Um, It's a very important little distinction here that I like to make of eating whatever you want, at all times with attunement to how you would like to feel. And and that one part is very important because we are breaking down diet rules. We're taking that voice of the food police and we're hitting mute, right? We're doing all of these things And in parallel with that, we are tuning into our body's cues around food. So in the beginning, this principle might look and feel a lot like eating, quote unquote, in in a sense that feels out of control, right? Because we're letting these foods back into our life and it might feel like a lot in the beginning, but what I always tell my clients, and this is the reframe that I provide, wouldn't you rather spend a period of time in your life that in the grand scheme of all of the years that you will be living is rather short. Wouldn't you rather spend a rather short period of time eating more of these foods than maybe you would deem is you know okay or good, rather than to spend the rest of your life? fighting these foods on the binge restrict cycle, always looking for the next new diet, right? Diets teach us to look very, very short term, 30 days, six weeks, whatever it is, but intuitive eating says, well, what about the rest of my life, right? Um, So I I just wanted to clear up any misconceptions about that principle that it is eating what we want and understanding what foods are satisfying and it's doing it with attunement to how we would like to feel. So offering yourself permission to eat foods that were once off limits, kind of like those foods I was talking about a few moments ago, is one of the biggest ways to show yourself that you are worthy of trust around food. Something that I talk to my clients often about is this idea of pseudo permission, right? It happens very often in the beginning of an intuitive eating journey where we're saying, oh, yeah, I'm giving myself permission, um, but I'm only allowing myself to have one. Or but you know only one serving whatever that might look like and although that might be more permission than you have offered in the past and that's wonderful and that's something to celebrate if you're not offering yourself that full permission to enjoy there's always going to be that part of you that wants to rebel and really wants to um eat these foods all the time because we still feel like we are still being restricted it's kind of like if you had um i don't have children or teenagers myself but it's kind of like if you had a teenage son or or daughter and you said you know i trust you to stay at home alone but i'm just gonna rig 50 cameras all over the house and actually uh, i'm gonna have the babysitter spy on you right that's not actual trust that's not giving them actual permission to be on their own that's giving them that pseudo type of permission so the same thing can happen with food so um one mantra that i offer my clients over and over again is the only way out is through the food there is no way around the food if we're looking to improve our relationship with it we can't just sit here and think about you know i'll say positive things about the food and i'm just going to think about food in a more positive way and that's a really important step it is but if we're not offering ourselves permission to actually act on that permission and eat the food and see how we respond, then we're only going to be halfway there. It's kind of like one foot in, one foot out. That's what that is like. So what you see here on the right is one of my clients sharing little bit of how she is working to give herself unconditional permission she says you know one of my biggest wins is giving myself permission to eat any food i have allowed myself the freedom to enjoy the food instead of worrying about you know the calories food is becoming more enjoyable and i also have stopped thinking about food 24 7 and she really hadn't had these excessive food thoughts since she has started allowing more of them into her life these are a couple more screenshots that i'll you all read over in your own time but again it's just this idea of permission which seems so counterintuitive but we find over and over again that when we offer ourselves this permission even if it's one food at a time doesn't have to be all at once we don't have to put you know both feet in all at once but little by little the more we offer that permission the less fear the less anxiety the less you know out of controlness if that's even a word I don't know my words are escaping me now we will begin to feel around that food because the more we offer permission and say I am allowed it's okay right the voice of that inner nurturer the less enticing those foods will become over time of course you're still going to enjoy them and you'll still like them but they won't hold power over you anymore So, your challenge is how can you take small daily steps forward in offering yourself this sense of permission? So, again, this side of the process will feel different for everyone. Maybe for you, you are going to offer permission to eat one type of food this week that you've been keeping off limits. Maybe you say, Well, I'm going to just allow myself to keep that food in my house instead of banning it from the premise. Or maybe when I go to dinner with my friend, I will allow myself to order the carbohydrate on the side to prove myself that to prove to myself rather that I am allowed to enjoy it so it doesn't have to be an all at once type of thing if that feels very fearful for you but it does need to start somewhere So um, the analogy that I have to offer here is this process is a lot like the first time you said, I love you. Anyone who is in our private Facebook community knows this analogy because I shared it on a live video earlier this week um, or last week, I guess it was. But think about the first time maybe in your life that you said, I love you to a romantic point partner. I can think back to this time in my own life with my current partner. Uh, He gave me a cheese pun card, which if you know anything about me, you know that I love me some puns, especially when it comes to cheese. But anyways, I remember that moment is being very exciting, you know, kind of like butterflies in the stomach. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I just want to say it all the time, right? We enter into that honeymoon phase. And this very much happens when we're letting these foods back into our life for the first time, right? We say, this is exciting. I want to spend more time around these foods. I maybe feel a little like butterfly in my stomach when I go to eat it because it's new. I haven't done this in a while. But over time, again, coming back to the idea of the relationship, we still say I love you and we still care for that person, but over time, some of the excitement maybe dies away from the first moment that we said that. Again, we still mean it, we still love the person, but it doesn't hold that same power over us, right? In the same exact things happens with food. The more you offer yourself permission, it'll be exciting and fun and maybe a little scary in the beginning, but the more you continue to consciously choose to do that, the less power and the less excitement those foods will hold over you over time. So I hope that analogy lands well. So this is a video from one of my most recently graduated clients, and she is talking about this sense of trust that she gained in herself through this process so it's only a minute long this video so we are going to play it here for a moment and then we'll hop back into our final idea or principle before we wrap up with q and a i am from northern virginia and what have i gained the most since working with claire um I got to say that I have learned a sense of love and comfort and safety within my body that I did not know was possible. I never used to trust my body, what I looked like, what I put into it. I just felt like I was constantly questioning it and looking for outside sources to validate it. And now... It's a world that I could have never imagined with being able to feel safe and confident in my ability to make decisions for my body. You know, body, self, body love and self-love and self-confidence I think comes later in your intuitive eating journey and it comes as a result of that trust. And without Claire, I would have never been able to even gain any trust. So that was absolutely huge for me. And then get us back to our slides, slowly but surely. All right, so that was a a couple of words on trust from one of my previous clients, Hallie. I thought that was very fitting for what we were just talking about and how that sense of self-trust grows and expands over time. So the final thing that we have to dive into is the sense of kindness. How can I be more kind to myself throughout this process of unlearning these old diet rules and the voice of the food police and relearning in a way that is more supportive of my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health, insert type of health here. So without self-kindness and compassion, you're really right back in the diet world, right? Um, Dieting again, really breeds off of that sense of you can't trust yourself. You can't be kind to yourself because there's no money there, right? The diet industry wouldn't exist. So really this is one of the key components of an intuitive eating journey. How can you be kind to yourself throughout this process and get curious and learn all there is to learn rather than beating yourself up along the way for all that you have yet to accomplish. So this uh, one simple challenge that I have for you here is simply a question so what I want to leave you with here is to ask yourself multiple times daily, in addition to everything we have gone over so far, what is the kind thing for me to do for myself right now? I think it's very easy to get swept up. And again, the voice of the food police, what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? And it's very easy to get kind of bogged down by all of those questions. But if you can simply pause and say, what would be the kind thing to do for me in this moment, it can help to provide a little bit of clarity and really turn the narrative back to you and what you would feel best doing. So I have a little asterisk here because I, I want to be clear that this diff, or this answer rather will be different from day to day. One thing the kind or one day the kind thing to do for yourself might look totally different from the kind thing to do for yourself another day. You know, one day it might look like movement, another day it might look like rest. One day it might look like chocolate since we have it here another day it might look like a banana right knowing that those two two foods don't really hold the same power of satiety there but you get what I'm saying Um, kindness and what works best for your body is going to change and fluctuate on a daily basis because you are a little bit different uh, from day to day So, that said, here is one final client comment that I have about really getting back in the driver's seat in her own journey. And she writes, remembering to do what is right for myself, um, this is her win, rather, and that I am the only person who knows what's best for me. It's taken a big weight off of my shoulders when I started to focus on my own choices without letting what other people do or don't do bother me. Doing this gave me so much more than I thought it would. I feel so much more confident when I show up for myself feeling like I can be myself. Again, it's a sense of self-kindness, of trust, of knowing that she knows what is best for her that comes in time on a journey like this. So my friends, those are my three ideas and actionable items for you, but anyone who has been to my webinars before knows that we always conclude before we get to Q and A by talking about the two options that you have moving forward. So option one is you take this information and you go out on your own and you do this journey. You see how it goes. And that is wonderful. I am very confident in all of this information that I have given you today. I poured my heart and soul into this. As you can hopefully tell, I love doing stuff like this. I love sharing information, but oftentimes kind of coming back to what I said at the beginning of the webinar, information doesn't always translate to what this will look like in your individual life. So you can take this, go out on your own, implement, see how things go, knowing that things might move forward, but there also might be a lot of questions and a lot of fear and maybe some time and energy you know wasted spinning your wheels when you could say hey Claire what might be the best thing for me to do right now or how can I learn more from this experience or you know in your opinion what might be happening right now in my body So the second option, what I'm hinting at here, is you walk away from this webinar with a personalized roadmap to ensure your continued progress in improving your relationship with food. And this opportunity that I'm talking about saves you time, it saves you energy, it saves you effort, it saves you that frustration of again, spinning your wheels, not knowing the answers to your questions. Because as we talked about at the beginning of this webinar, what we don't, want happening is one year from now, next Valentine's day rolls around and you're in the exact same place. So the really foolproof method to not being in that same place is reaching out saying, Hey, I need help. I need support. I need to take this information and learn how to apply it to my life. You know, that is how you ensure that the forward momentum keeps going rather than the stagnation of being where you are here. So if this individualized roadmap is piquing your interest, I do have an opportunity for you. And this is an opportunity to walk hand in hand with me along your intuitive eating journey or along your journey to improve your relationship with food. So I offer all of my one-on-one clients a hundred percent individualized support, education, and accountability. So again, we break down these really complicated intuitive eating topics topics. Someone said a little bit earlier, thank you for simplifying this, right? There are so many things in intuitive eating that feel really challenging and hard to break down or digest for lack of a better pun. So we break those things down and we bring them into your life. How does this make sense for you? What might we need to learn more about you so that this process works and fits into your life? So I check in with all of my clients either weekly or or bi-weekly via our video chat coaching calls all of this happens on a HIPAA compliant app called healthy Um, also on the healthy app you have unlimited access to me you can have a food journal there to write how you feel after eating certain things you can reflect on the meal you can chat me so really we can take our sessions to break down these complicated topics to figure out goals that will be really helpful for you along this process but the the HIPAA a compliant app or healthy is really your access to me in your back pocket to get the education and the continued support and the hype girl in your corner who you might need for when moments feel really challenging along this process and then the last thing here is there is a weekly exclusive client email that we all celebrate every friday at 9 a.m eastern time so that is an exciting time for us all to come together as a community welcome new members focus on new tips focus our energy on moving forward from week to week. So if you would like to walk hand in hand on this journey and learn more about what I do in my one-on-one coaching program. Oh, I bet you thought I left you hanging, didn't you? <laughs> Non-webinar Claire returning here to the podcast. I did cut out a brief little section there at the end. I will finish my statement there. There was a special offer that was associated with anyone who attended the webinar live that is no longer available. So I didn't want to spread false information. But again, to finish that sentence, if you would like to learn more about the one-on-one coaching process about what it entails about you know all the details that you would need to get involved and to see if we might be a good fit to work together because of course coaching is a two-way street you have to fit into the program and i have to be a good fit to work with you as well then i would love to offer you the opportunity for a free 45-minute strategy call now on this call we get to know more about each other. I learn more about your goals. I add as much value as I can to wherever you might be in your journey. And then at the end of that call, again, if we both feel that you would be a good fit for what we do here at Yours Truly Nutrition, then I would be so happy and excited to share details of coaching at that time. So if you are interested in taking me up on that offer, you can visit my website, clairetuning.com slash work with me. Again, Claire, tuningcom slash work with me or simply just type in my name go to my website type my name to Google that is go to my website and click on the menu button that says work with me there will be a bunch of information listed out there on the program who it is for who it isn't for what we are about here at Your truly and again if you would like to book that 45 minute call please fill out the application at the bottom of that web page and then I will be messaging with you, so we can get on each other's calendar. So, I'm so excited to hear from anyone who is interested, who really wants to take all of the information you heard today on this podcast/slash webinar whenever we're calling it, it's kind of a hybrid and implement this into your daily life on that very individual level. So as always, as we wrap up our show here, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's podcast. As always, if you find what I share here to be really helpful and really valuable to your intuitive eating journey, please do not hesitate to like, love, share, rate, and review this episode, whatever you might have time for in your schedule. The more you leave reviews, the more you take screenshots and share on social, the more these messages can grow to reach individuals who might benefit from hearing them. So again, thank you for being here. I'm so happy that you listened. If you stuck with me till the end, props to you. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we will be back here next Wednesday on the pod with a new episode.